0: Chapter Thirty of Bunyip Land This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bunyip Land by George Manville Finn. Chapter Thirty How I Talked With My New Friend. As I heard the sound of the pursuit, A horrible sensation of dread came over me. I felt that we must be taken, and, in addition, vague ideas of trouble and bloodshed floated through my brain with memories of the fight in the gorge, and I shuddered at the idea of there being more people slain. The effect was different upon Jimmy. The distant cries seeming to excite him, He stopped every now and then to jump from the ground and strike the nearest tree a tremendous blow with a waddy he had obtained from our guide. The latter checked him, though, laying a hand upon his arm as he said to me after listening intently, You don't want to fight. These people are too strong. You must escape. But will you come with us, I said once more with a vague fancy coming back, that this was he whom i sought but terribly changed he said something in reply in the savage tongue stopped and then went on i forget I, I don't know i am the doctor a savage what did you say come with us i whispered and he bent his head in the dark but my words seemed to have no effect upon him one idea seeming to be all that he could retain, for he hurried me on, grasping my arm tightly and then loosed it, and went on in front. Jimmy took his place, gripping my arm in turn and whispering, showed his power of observation by saying, Much good him, no black fellow, talk like Mas Joe sometime, Jimmy Tinkum Mas Joe Fada got dust in head, don't know, no. Oh no! Impossible, Jimmy, I whispered back with emotion. It cannot be my father. No fodder? All a white fellow got mud mud in head. Can't see, can't know, know. no, No mass joe fodder? No I'm sure it is not. Then I'm white fellow. No black fellow. stupid, stupid, Don't know at all. No find wallaby and hole. No find honey. No kedgefiss. Stupid white fellow all the same, mud in him head. He seems strange in his head, I said. Yes, is mad mad, no wash him head clean, can't tink straight up and downs like um Jimmy. But he is saving us, I said, taking us to our friends. Jimmy not know, Jimmy tink doctor somewhere right long, big hill. Give black white fellow topper topper, make him tink more no no i whispered for he had grasped his waddy, and was about to clear our guide's musty brain with this rough and ready way be quiet and follow him just then our guide stopped and let me go to his side fever my head he said softly and as if apologizing can't think but you will come with us i said my friend the doctor will help you you shall help us YOU MUST NOT GO BACK TO THAT DEGRADED LIFE." "'Doctor,' he said, as if he had only caught that word. "'Yes, the doctor. Can't leave the people. Can't leave him.' "'Him?' I said. That boy? Hush! Come faster!' For there were shouts and cries behind, and he hurried us along for some distance, talking rapidly to me all the while in the savage's tongue and apparently under the impression that I understood every word, though it was only now and then that I caught his meaning, and then it was because they were English words. After catching a few of these, I became aware, or rather guessed, that he was telling me the story of his captivity among these people, and I tried eagerly to get him to speak English, but he did not seem to heed me, going on rapidly, and apparently bent on getting us away. I caught such words as fever, prisoner, my head, years, misery, despair, always, savage, doctor, but only in the midst of a long excited account which he said more to himself. I was at last paying little heed to him when two words stood out. Clear and distinctly from the darkness of his savage speech, words that sent a spasm through me and made me catch at his arm and try to speak, but only to emit a few gasping utterances as he bent down to me, staring as if in wonder. The words were, Fellow Prisoner, and they made me stop short, for I felt that I had really and providentially hit on the right place after all, and that there could be only one man likely to be a fellow prisoner, and that my poor father. It was impossible to flee farther, I felt, and leave him whom I had come to seek behind. Then common sense stepped in and made me know that it was folly to stay, while Jimmy supplemented these thoughts by saying, black fellow come along fast. Mass Joe, no gun, no powder-pop, no chopper, no knife, no fight works tall. "'Where is he?' I said excitedly as I held the arm of our guide. "'Blacks, coming after us!' He talked on rapidly in the savage tongue, and I uttered a groan of despair. "'What em say, Mass Joe?' whispered Jimmy excitedly. "'Talk, talk, Paul Parrot can't say no what em say.' "'Come along, run, way fast. Fight nutter time, he added. Black fellow, come along. He caught my arm, and following our guide, we hurried on through the darkness, which was so dense that if it had not been for the wonderful eyesight of my black companion, a faculty which seemed to have been acquired or shared by our guide, I should have struck full against the trunk of some tree. As it was, I met with a few unpleasant blows on arm or shoulder, though the excitement of our flight was too great for me to heed them then. I was in despair and torn by conflicting emotions. Joy at escaping and at having reached the goal I had set up. Misery at having to leave it behind just when I had found the light. It might have been foolish, seeing how much better I could serve him by being free, But I felt ready to hurry back and share my father's captivity, for I felt assured that it must be he of whom our guide spoke. We were hurrying on all this time entirely under the guidance of the strange being who had set us free, but not without protests from the black, who was growing jealous of our guide, and who kept on whispering, No go no farer, mess Joe, Jimmy fine doctor." and mass jack penny hi come along jimmy now he was just repeating this in my ear when we were hurrying on faster for the sounds of our pursuers came clear upon the wind when our guide stopped short and fell back a few paces as a low angry growl saluted him from the darkness in front and he said something sharply to us in the native tongue his words evidently meant fall back but I had recognized that growl. "'Jip!' I cried, and the growling changed to a whining cry of joy, and in an instant the dog was leaping up at my face, playfully biting at my hands, then darting at Jimmy, he began the same welcoming demonstrations upon the black. "'Mass Joe! Mass Joe! He go eat up black fellow. Top him away! Top him away!' "'It's only his play, Jimmy,' I said. Him eat piece Jimmy all up legum, cried the black. Here, Jip, I cried, as the dog stopped his whining cry of pleasure, but growled once more. Here, I said, this is a friend. Pat his head, sir, and where is he, Jimmy? Black white fellow, mass Joe. Yes, yes, where is he? Gone long utter way, run back, fast, fast. Freight Jip, Jip sent him away. "'Stop him! Run after him! He must not go!' I cried. I stopped, for there was a low piping whistle like the cry of a Blue Mountain parrot back at home. "'Jack Penny!' I gasped, and I answered the call. "'Is, yes, Mass Jack Penny!' cried Jimmy, and Jip made a bound from my side into the darkness, leaving us alone. We heard the crash and rustle of the underbrush as the dog tore off and I was about to follow, but I could not stir, feeling that if I waited our guide might return, when in the midst of my indecision the whistle was repeated, and this time Jimmy answered. Then there was more rustling, the dog came panting back, and as the rustling continued there came out of the darkness a sound that made my heart leap. It was only my name, softly uttered, apparently close at hand and I made a bound in the direction, but only to fall back half stunned, for I had struck myself full against a tree. I just remember falling and being caught by someone, and then I felt sick, and the darkness seemed filled with lights. But these soon died out, and I was listening to a familiar voice that came, it appeared, from a long way off. Then it came nearer and nearer, and the words seemed to be breathed upon my face. Only a bit stunned, it said, and then I gasped out the one word, Doctor. My dear Joe came back and, well, it was in the dark and we were not ashamed. The doctor hugged me to his heart as if I had been his brother whom he had found. End of chapter 30 How I Talked With My New Friend